All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Can you see it? Did you notice? Checked, but the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! Moments no.
Hello Canucks fans, welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation presented by the great folks at Zephyr Epic. Uh, and if you haven't seen it, I've been seeing it all over my Twitter feed. Series 2 is here, folks. That Niels Huglander rookie card is here. The Kaprizov rookie card is here. Quads, I don't know if you've looked at the prices right now, but uh, you remember those clear-cut um, young guns that we saw last year? The clear-cut Kaprizov card is currently going for over $4,000 on eBay. So uh, have you pulled any Kaprizov clear cuts yet, Quads? No, if I did, I wouldn't be doing this show. No, I'm just kidding. I'd never quit on this <laughs> show. But, uh, you know, I, I have not, Chris. And we haven't yet got boxes from Zephyr Epic, but we will soon. Those who don't get free boxes from Zephyr Epic, you can go to their website. Use promo code HockeySeason, capital H, capital S, $5.00 off any order over $50, and it's free shipping anywhere in Canada, so you really have nothing to lose. Go get yourself some Series 2 from ZephyrEpic.com. Absolutely. They're on wait list right now because they sold out within hours uh, of them oh, dropping, man. and they just they just restocked on the day that Series 2 came out, but it sold out like crazy. I mean, Zephyr Epic's not only going and delivering to BC, like they're Canada-wide, so they're filling up again soon here, uh, but you can get on the wait list right now so you get an email when they do come back into stock. But man, they've been going crazy. I know Dave Wilson, a former guest of this show way back in the day, uh, I see his polls on Instagram. He's got a Kaprizov rookie, and even the Kaprizov regular rookie card, going for like $450 right now. So you got to get out there and check out Series 2 if you get a chance. Quads, it's uh, it's it's a weird episode because we're kind of like in the middle of a break right now. What have you been up to the last couple days and couple nights without any uh, without any Canucks games? A little bit more Warzone for you? I know you want to get up to uh, unlock some of these new songs on the Battle Pass. Yeah, I'm going for 80s Pop Pack 2. So the song that I'm going for, it comes with uh, Take On Me and mm. Kids in America by Kim Wilde. And Your Love by The Outfield. Uh, and those are the three... Or no, that's not the third song. What's the third song? No, Africa by Toto. That's the song. Right. Yes, yes. The uh, Your Love by The Outfield is a song on a different pack. So yes, that's what I'm grinding for right now. So yes, lots of Warzone. Going golfing tonight. It's a good pandemic sport, Chris. I'm going, uh, going to the course tonight. Going to play the front nine on a big course. I have not golfed in... Gee, when was the last time you and I went golfing, Chris? Like, we went to the pitch and putt not too long ago. Oh, man. No, that was a long time ago, man. That was definitely, you know, sometime in 2020 during the summer when restrictions were kind of low. It's been a long time. Oh, you're right. It has been. Wow, yeah, so I haven't golfed in a long time, and the last time I golfed was at a pitch and putt. I haven't been on a real course in, like, over a year, for sure. So I'm going to the course. We'll we'll see how it goes. I'll report back on Tuesday or Wednesday's episode. We'll see uh, see how that goes. But uh, I'm not anticipating it's going to go great. I went to the driving range last week. But yeah, other than that, just, you know, going to the gym, doing all my stuff. And, you know, we got some pretty exciting stuff going on at Canucks Army right now. Yeah, most definitely. I think uh, maybe for people that, you know, people might have just seen Jay's name on the podcast last week and not really, maybe they skipped the interview, right? Because they're like, oh, we don't know who this guy is. Maybe we'll just skip this. So let's let's maybe just touch on that before we get into everything. Um, I'll, I'll quickly say what I know about this situation, but you know a lot more than me. I just think the exciting thing was to hear that there's an investment in basically our father company from Canucks Army, which is Nation Network. Uh, there was an investment into Nation Network that's going to give opportunities for a lot of people, primarily in a situation like you are quads to have now full-time employment with nation network uh to make sites like canucks army daily face off and grow those sites into something special um i don't maybe you can speak on it just a little more for people that did happen to miss the the interview with downtown jay 
Yeah, Downtown Jay, Jay Downton, our boss, uh, joined us. Well, he joined me because you were on the Travis call. But uh, yeah, it was great. We talked. And yeah, basically the thing that's happened is Nation Network has gotten an investment. This investment's going to allow them to turn Daily Faceoff into a one-stop shop for full NHL coverage. Uh, and with that, a bunch of full-time jobs are going to be coming with it. And uh, I-, I can't say too much yet. Like, I'm really not supposed to say too much, but... Let's just say I'm very excited um, for what's coming, and that's all I'm going to say for now. Yeah, absolutely. And for people that like your writing uh, and your work with sites, I think they'll be excited to see to see what you're able to do in the future with Canucks Army, uh, and then just whatever growth we have to see from Nation Network. So we're excited to see what happens in the future. Uh, there'll definitely be some changes, but for people that know, like no changes to this show, I don't think anytime in the near nope. future. Um, we're just going to keep pumping out this Canucks content, and uh, let's dive right into it because uh, we're going to start with kind of off the board Canucks content. We normally finish the show with the prospect report, but we're fresh off of Vasily Pod Colson and Scott now advancing to the Western Conference Finals of the KHL playoffs. This all but basically seals the deal to say that you know some people were holding out to maybe see Vasily Pod Colson for you know four to eight games, maybe get him in action, burn off that year, burn off one year of his ELC, and then just see what he looks like in the blue and green on NHL ice. So basically, him advancing to the Western Conference makes it nearly impossible. This 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 now this uh, this Western Conference Finals. I guess like the earliest it could really end is basically like April 7th to 8th. And that's if Ska gets like swept, right? Like not very likely to happen. They seem to be a powerhouse to the playoffs right now. They're going to have a tough matchup here. Uh, it might be the all army matchup of CSKA versus Ska. So that will be a nice little matchup there in the Western Conference Finals. And they'll battle. They battled all season long. They called it the rivalry games when they had it in the regular season. So it's going to be an exciting one. Uh, they're up 3-2 in their series right now. So CSKA hasn't really punched their ticket to the Western Conference Finals yet but it basically eliminates the chance of Canucks fans seeing Vasily Pod Colson this year which is I think a lot of people are fine with you don't burn a year off that ELC he's going to come into camp next year with a fresh start with his team and I really think he can do something similar to what Niels Huglander did coming in and earning a top six spot yeah absolutely I think a lot of fans were really looking forward to Pod Colson coming and it just doesn't look like that's going to happen now yeah I mean it's tough. Like there's still, there's still a very, very small chance that pod Colson for some reason comes over here and plays like five games for the Canucks, but it's just, it's just not going to happen. I don't think it's a a great move with your contract situation. I think bringing him in next year and having those three years of very low controlled money and just having a guy that contributes to your top nine immediately is huge. Uh, He's he's had a good playoffs too. Like another great assist today as he sets up a two on one. He's been playing games where you know he's he's down around eight minutes. I think today was a one of the like playoff lows for him for minutes. But we've seen other games where he's played like there was a game last week where he played more minutes in the third period than what he played in the whole game today. So whatever's on Valerie Bregan's mind for Pod Colson, he just kind of goes with it. You never really know how many minutes this guy's gonna get. But I think that's gonna be the exciting thing about getting him over in North America is it's gonna be a lot more consistent with him playing top nine minutes and and as the power forward type player that that he's going to be and bring to this team like you know everything that everyone wanted Jake Vertanen to do when you want Jake going to the net putting his shoulder leaning on guys being more physical on the forecheck like that's what you're getting with Vasily Pod Colson I, I mean Jake Vertanen has to be looking over his shoulder with this Russian kid coming over next season because man if you were to put those two in a training camp situation and say hey fight for a top six spot I'm gonna guess that Pod Colson wins that nine out of ten times well, Hoglander won it nine out of ten, nine out of ten <laughs> times, right? And like we True. know, Pod Colson's a better player than Hoglander, so 
Yeah, it's you're right. You're absolutely right. Like Jake should be looking over his shoulder when Pod Colson's coming, and he's he's coming quick, man. Like he's he's gonna be here sooner than people are. Like I, I feel like people aren't really ready for the impact he's gonna have. You know what I mean? You've watched him a lot more than I have, but everything I've read, everything I've watched, and the limited viewing I've had of this player, and obviously at the World Junior, I've had a lot more viewing. But man, he's like. He's like Hoglander, but bigger. And, you know, his hands aren't as great, obviously. And yeah. what do you think of his shot? Because I, I know a lot of people were talking about his shot quite a bit. But, like, how would you compare his shot, his release, to Nils Hoglander? I think it's it's really tough to compare them because Nils Hoglander this past season, and really over the past two seasons of the SHL, like, he was not put in a position where the goal of his line was to dump the puck in and keep it in the offensive zone. Like, Huglander's line did a great job of generating three-on-twos, two-on-ones. Like, they would be leaving the zone a little bit early to create offensive opportunities. It's just such an opposite situation for the position that Pod Colson's been put in, where he has just been absolutely scolded to be like, listen, fourth-line player is what you are. Dump the puck in. Go get it. Try and force it to the net. Crash the net. Make something happen. So, you like, you don't see a lot of shooting attempts from Pod Colson because it's just such a different way that he's played. But when he's getting the spots, like when he gets into a two-on-one, one situation or a three-on-two situation or even just him walking in one-on-one or two-on-two like he does get a shot off and he's got a lot of strength behind that shot it's not going to come in and be an excellent sniper shot like Brock Besser jumping into the NHL but I don't think it's going to hurt him like a lot of people are like oh it's not gonna he like that's the thing that he's weak with he's he might be a little bit weak with it just because there aren't the highlights to back it up because he's put into a situation with Ska where he really like I said just needs to play that dump and chase game otherwise he's getting screamed at or sat on the bench for the rest of the game so it's going to be interesting to see how he fits on a different line with a different game plan like if he does end up playing with Bo Horvat you're going to see a lot of situations where he comes in two on two or comes in three on three or you know odd man rushes and two on one situations like that's going to be when we can really start to see a test of it because we got a little bit of a taste at the World Juniors when you saw Pod Colson get moved to the right hash wall and he actually was giving shooting opportunities. That his shot looks strong. It looks pretty accurate. I'm excited to see what he can do with it and continue to build on it. This is just a teenage kid who who grew into his body a lot over the past couple of years and I really would like to see that shot continue to grow because it's not going to come in and be excellent, but I don't think it's going to come in and be something that, you know, kind of lets Canucks fans down from seeing all the hype from Pod Colson, but it's not going to shock people. Uh, and I, if I had to lean towards would it shock or disappoint more, I'd say I think it might shock people more, honestly. Like, once we actually start to see him consistently taking it uh, on these odd man rushes in the NHL, uh, I think it's going to shock people more than it will disappoint in the end. Good to know. Always, always nice to hear you talk on these prospect reports. And guess what, Chris? I have an addition to the prospect report. I'm going to be talking no during way. the prospect report. Yeah, absolutely. This is what I have. Well. This is what I have, and guess what? It's about a goaltender. Mikey DiPietro, right now, you and I have talked at length about the situation up here and how they need to get Mikey DiPietro in games. This is something Jim Benning said multiple times. Everybody knows that Mikey DiPietro needs to get into some games. Now... Chris and I had a debate a few weeks back, a disagreement about DiPietro, the episode was titled. We had a debate a few weeks back about whether Manitoba or Utica was the place for him to go. And basically, my argument was that Manitoba, with the 14-day quarantine, is the only feasible option for DiPietro to go to. Now, the other day, I think it was yesterday, we're recording this Friday afternoon, the Canadian government and the NHL came to an agreement on a seven-day quarantine for players. So... With that, and all the all the Canadian teams have signed off on it, so that's that's in place, okay? So not only does that impact the trade deadline, we're going to talk about that later on the other half of the break, 
what it impacts for me is that, okay, now you could send Mikey DiPietro down. Now, little scoop I got. The Utica Comets right now, you know, you've read my story about Curtis Sanford at this point, the Utica Comets goaltending coach. St. Louis has sent their coach, their goaltending coach, down to Utica, or one of their guys. I think he might be a goaltending consultant. But they've sent him down because right now Jake Kiley's not getting a ton of starts. He, you know, he was an ECHL goalie last year. He's he's working. He, his goal right now is to become an AHL starter by next year. Like Jake Kiley's nowhere near the NHL. Let's just get that out of the way. So Curtis Sanford is the guy that was working with the goaltenders. St. Louis has one of their top goaltending prospects down there right now, and they really want him to develop. They just sent their guy down there, their goaltending coach. So, man, when I look at this situation now, for a second there, Chris, I was saying, wow, okay, this seven-day quarantine is gone. Like, this is great. This is what you need. Like, this is going to be great for Mikey DiPietro. He can go down. If if the Canucks need him in a pinch, they could call him up. And, you know, seven days isn't that long. You're probably not going to need him to start unless, you know, Unless someone gets hurt in a back-to-back, then it's then it's a really messy situation, and then you're looking at playing a goaltender back-to-back games. But again, you know, there's there's been worse situations. So, you know, what I'm saying is, at this point, and with that in mind, do you still think there's a place for Mikey DiPietro and Utica? Because... Is he even picking up starts if St. Louis has their guy? Like, I wonder if there's an agreement in place, sort of, if, you know... If they're sending their guy down there and their guy's getting all the starts, their goaltender is getting all the starts, most of the starts, is there an agreement in place that they are using, like, when they when they signed this agreement with the Canucks, did they say, okay, this can work, this can work, but we need to get our goaltender some games. We need to develop him and he needs to play games. Like, I wonder if there's some sort of agreement like that behind the scenes that we just don't really know about, um, you know. I, I would love to ask Curtis about it, but I'm sure he wouldn't give me a straight answer on it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, like I, I'm starting to wonder if that's the case because then you're obviously not going to send Mikey DiPietro down. So the goal you're talking about is Evan Fitzpatrick, right? Uh, yes. From the Blues? Okay, yeah. so um, I think that this is what we talked about early in the year. We had a lot of conversations with Corey Hergott about this early in the year that everything seems so nice and good together with these two organizations coming together. And I don't know if there was agreement set into place. I have to imagine that there was, right? Like, they wouldn't go into this just being like, uh, you know what, Comets, yeah, you have full control. Uh, do whatever you want with our guys down there. Like, they didn't obviously do that. You mentioned that they brought the goaltending consultant down to Utica from the Blues, likely to work with Fitzpatrick. Um, I don't think they're sending him down there for John Gillies. We kind of know what John Gillies can do. He's the guy that can slide into the NHL if they need him. Um, I don't think he's there to work with Kylie. I think he's there to work with Evan Fitzpatrick and get this goaltender, you know, primed. He's a second-round pick. There's there's still some potential in this kid. Uh, I do agree with you that there are games to be played for Fitzpatrick. The Comets are about to play a ton of games. Like, the Comets are about to be in a ridiculous amount of games. Uh, unfortunately, this weekend, already the games have been cancelled again due to COVID. That's the third weekend in a row where we're not going to see Comets play. The Comets haven't played since March 10th. So this is over two weeks now since we've seen them in action. And I think that's a really bad situation for guys like, you know, Rathbone and Lind and, and Gadjevich. All these young prospects because... What they were supposed to have here in the months of April and May, and actually I wrote about this, there'll be an article coming out this weekend about it, but it's going to be a really busy schedule. I believe in the first two months of the season, they had seven different breaks that were at least three days long. 
looking at what it's now like with the rescheduled games for the final two months, they're only going to have two of these stretches of three or longer without games. Like, there's going to be a lot of games for these guys. It's a huge test for a guy like Rathbone and Gadjevich, who have showed so well, but in such limited amount of games, with Gadjevich through eight goals through nine games, and Rathbone over a point per game in his four appearances. Like, these next two months would have been so great for development. If they can get away from this COVID cancellations and get back to action... It's a huge test for these 21-year-olds or or guys like Gadjevich who are a little bit older, but to see them just be able to continue and have success through a season where they're about to play a ton of games over the next six weeks, it would have been a great test for these guys, and I still think it's very possible because, man, I, I don't know how long these COVID cancellations can go on, but it's been three weekends in a row now. You just want to get these young prospects playing games. I have more to add to the prospect report. I was texting with Jack Rathbone this week. Uh, nothing mm-hmm. about hockey. So my prospect report is that Jack Rathbone is playing a lot of NHL 21, and he's excited for MLB The Show 21 to uh, come to Xbox. Okay. So that's my that's my addition to the prospect report. I wonder. I don't think we got a chance to ask Rathbone like if he played baseball growing up. Did we ask him that? No, but I think he did. Okay. Well, we I know we talked with Aiden McDonough about it, and uh, I wonder if they play. I think they did play baseball together. I think I remember McDonough yeah. telling us that. There was a ton of hockey players on his baseball team and they ended up getting in a few brawls or something. Uh, maybe we'll have to go back and listen to an old episode. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, he's a perfect example. Like, everyone's so impressed with what he's been able to do. He's only played four games since being set down on, I believe it was February 18th. Like, this is over a month now. You know, five weeks later, and he's only played in four games. That's a really unfortunate situation for what we were looking at. Like, wow, nice. Rathbone's going to be able to get games in. Like I said, four games in five weeks. That's not exactly what people were hoping for when they sent him down to Utica. No, it's not. But he is excited about MLB The Show. Wrap up the prospects <laughs> okay. report. I don't have anything to okay. add. <laughs> final, final thing for the prospects report. Uh, Dmitry Zlodiev. We talked about him a while ago that he was coming back to action. Um, I mean, it sounded like the season was done last time I spoke with him. But then he gets right back in the MHL playoffs. Uh, they ended up winning their series today, so they move on to the next round of the MHL playoffs. I believe the finals. I'm going to have to look more into this or or talk with Z and uh, and figure out what the situation is moving forward for them. But good for him. He comes back, plays in two games, gets two nice assists. Uh, both of them to his boy Bogdan Triniev, who uh, they grew up in the same hometown together uh, and now are playing on teams. Triniev was a higher draft pick than Zlodiev in their draft last year as well. Um, so good for him to get back into action. Um you know, he's wearing the full face mask to protect that uh, healing of the face with the broken bone that he had. But it's in, it's been just great to watch this guy play again, man. I kind of forget, like, there's a lot of things to really like about Zodiev's game. Like, his defensive awareness is so good. He just, he looks like a guy that, though it's such a long shot for him to make it to the NHL, he just looks like a guy that could be a good fourth-line energy center. And I would love to see him evolve into that. It's a big ask from a guy who was picked so late in the draft, but, like... The, everything that he does just screams fourth line center that's going to bring some excitement like a Tyler Mott does to your fourth line. So uh, I hope this kid continues to develop and gets in the KHL next year. So that's kind of just the, the wrap-up of the prospects report. Not much else to report on, I guess. Um, you know, we're seeing some NCAA players now sign their contracts. It doesn't look like Aiden McDonough is, is going to sign his. I haven't exactly talked to him about it because it feels like something he's probably got to think over or even the Canucks organization might not have even presented an offer to him, um, which wouldn't surprise me either, to be honest. I think they it's pretty well known that he's going to go back. He's been pretty hyped about the players that are returning. I've been seeing him tweeting about it. Uh, so, you know, he's going to come back. I hope that he has an A on his chest next year in his junior season. I think it's something that we might 
might come to expect as we kind of see the offseason go on, but uh, nothing really to report on him signing with the Canucks. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think he'll be back for his junior year. So that's basically all I got for the prospects report. Uh, maybe before we go to the other side, um, I know you want to talk about Tanner Pearson a little bit. We got a couple minutes here. So where do you kind of want to go with this Tanner Pearson conversation? Tanner Pearson on the other side. A couple things that I want to talk about right now. First of all, okay. uh, the Habs just got Eric Stahl. Chris, and we're going to break this down on the other side because it kind of sets the market in my mind. Now, Eric Stahl has three goals, seven assists on the season with Buffalo, that absolute train wreck that is Buffalo this season. Third round and fifth round pick in the 2021 draft Montreal sent to them. Okay, like if that's the price, that, that segues perfectly into a conversation about Tanner Pearson, Brandon Sutter, these movable assets that the Canucks have. I think we're going to have to have a little conversation about that. We'll do that on the other side. But the thing I want to talk about before we go to break, Chris, is Elias Pettersson. A lot of people are asking about it. This is what we've put together here. I'm just reading, reporting from Patrick Johnson of the province. Good guy, neighbor. Uh, He said, the fact an MRI revealed more than the initial clinical diagnosis and that Pettersson's now been out nearly four weeks and doesn't seem close to return suggests he could have a fracture or ligament damage. Let's just say there's a reason to suspect it's a wrist problem, as was previously reported by Irf, Rick Dollywall, a few mm. others. Uh, and, you know, that that was what I just read from PJ was a quote tweet of a report from uh, Sat, Satyar Shah. He said, Patterson might still play before the end of the season, but I'm not expecting him back anytime soon, especially not for the 31st when the Canucks come back. As we know, Chris is going to be wrapping up their six-day break on the 31st. I think a lot of people thought that he was going to be back by then. Listen to what we've yep. kind of been told. You you get told that, oh, it's just day-to-day, he's day-to-day, and then it gets worse, and now it's at least another week. And now it's, okay, we have a week break, and he's still not going to be ready to go. I'm skeptical at this point, Chris, if the Canucks should just shut him down. Like, I think that might be a good situation because you don't have to look far, man. Like, you look at Brock Besser, and... I was talking to uh, Dr. Graywald, the guy on Canucks Twitter, uh, University of Manitoba. We were talking about, you know, that Besser story I did at the start of the season. We were talking, and this was something he said off the record, but I'm sure he wouldn't mind me sharing it. He basically said, like, a lot of athletes, especially in a sport like hockey, may not be completely comfortable. They may be healed, but they may not be completely Mm. comfortable. But for a fear of, you know, if... Jim Benning or whoever your GM or coach is comes up to you and says, oh, you're healthy. Perfect. You get back in the lineup. You're not going to say, well, you know what? I'm not quite mentally there yet. I just need some time. Give me some more practice time. Like I just need to get, get comfortable again with my new, you know, with in Besser's case, it was surgery, right? And Besser's has made no secret about it, that he wasn't comfortable when he was playing. And now he's able to twist. He's got that comfort back in his back and he's not playing with any sort of fear. Like he said, he was uh, in his second year after that horrible back injury he suffered. So I'm thinking, Chris, in order to avoid another situation similar to Besser, you give Pedersen the rest of the season off. This is a lost season, right? And, you know, listeners of this show might not like to hear that, but that's, you know, that's that's kind of where we're at right now. I think it's 4% chance of making the playoffs. Maybe. There's a chance. Whatever. There's a chance. <laughs> All I'm saying is having Elias Pedersen be ready to go for next year and healthier in the long term is probably the best move for this organization. So, obviously, you don't want to just diagnose him on a podcast when we're just sitting here. Like, you want to have the have the full report, right? And we don't have that yet. But if it's actually, like, ligament damage and he's going to be out for a while, 
there's just no need to rush him, right? Like, give him the time that he needs. And the thing is, players aren't usually comfortable saying that they need more time. So my basically what I'm trying to say, Chris, is that this is clearly something that's a lot worse than the Canucks and everybody else involved thought it was at first. It's clearly, clearly much worse. And I think the best course of action may, in fact, be just to shut him down for the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean... You brought up the Brock Besser situation, and that's what you really don't want. You don't want it to be something that nags him into next season, right? I mean, look at the confidence Brock Besser's had this year, saying that he's been able to have an extra time to to really heal and get back to being 100% healthy. That's what I would be most concerned about next season, if they do rush him back in any way at all. And, And you mentioned it, like, I feel like players, maybe when they're getting close, they get the clearance to go out and skate. I feel like if you get the clearance to skate, you're basically at the point where you're like, you can give yourself the clearance to play, right? And I think that's what you mentioned. Like, players want to play. That's that's what they want to do. Elias Pettersson's going in. Elias Pettersson is going into a contract year where, you know, he, he probably wants to get on the ice and, and be able to boost his money up a little bit and have a good argument. I know that he's going to have, you know, a great argument to make a lot of money coming into this, this contract negotiation. But playing more games and putting up some more goals is something that's going to be helpful for him in that negotiation as well. So I think that there's a lot of factors that play here where yeah like he's probably going to want to get back into action Pedersen's going to want to skate he's going to want to play like he's been out for a while now in in a COVID year where he really can't go out and do anything either right like he's basically stuck in home he can go outside for a walk but man he can't go out and see people he can't do anything I think that this year kind of expansionates exponentiates what am I trying to say here (laughs) oh my gosh I screwed it up twice expedites no, I'm trying to say, like, it grows and grows. It makes it bigger. Expands? Oh, man. Anyways. What are you trying to say? Maybe I just made up a word. Yeah, Anyways. Like it. <laughs> I don't think I did. Anyways. I think you're just misusing on. expedite. Okay, well, I'm not a doctor and I'm not an English major. So, uh, moving on. Like, agreeing with what you said. I, I really think that shutting him down is, like, a big thing to ask, but... If it's really going to be the best thing long term for him, I do think it has to be considered. I just don't know if they would go that direction in in a season where like this team needs another story. They're not going to get Pod Colson now. You know, you obviously have Brock Besser doing his thing. You have Quinn Hughes. Everybody's talking about how bad his defensive game has been this year. You have Thatcher Demko playing, but like if another story were to come out of Pedersen being shut down for the season, there's basically all your hope lost for anybody that's hanging on to any of that of this Canucks season. Yeah, absolutely, and. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's a tough blow, but again, you have to think long-term here, right? And you want Pedersen healthy for next year. Like, listen, guys, next year isn't a write-off. It doesn't have to be a write-off, despite people saying, and when I say people, I mean the GM, despite him saying that it's going to be two years till they're competitive. Like, next season doesn't have to be a write-off. Like, you don't have to view next season as a write-off at this point. It's There's still a chance. Like, this team can compete. Hopefully, they have their systems down at the start of the year, and that was the interesting thing, Chris, is like, JT Miller was talking on the John Scott podcast, uh, dropping the gloves, he was talking about the start of the Canucks season, and he said, like, you know, we just didn't execute at a good enough level, and of course that's about personnel, of course, I'm not trying to make excuses and say, well, it's the, the roster's constructed great, so what's the issue? No, obviously, there, there's room, to, there's, there's much to be desired with what's on this roster right now, Okay. The thing is, there was also execution errors. Like, it was like little league mistakes that they were making. And he talked about systems and he talked about new guys coming to the team. I look at Nate Schmidt and see that he's been pretty solid all year. Like, he legitimately, Nate Schmidt's probably over the full course of a season been the Canucks' best defender this season. 
So I'm just looking at this situation and kind of seeing that you have to look at it from a lens of we have some solid core pieces in place and if they compete next year, we can we've already seen what a hot goaltender, you see Thatcher Demko becoming what Jacob Markstrom was last year, right? We've seen what a hot goaltender can do to mask this team's issues and what yeah. a solid top line can do as well. And if the Canucks get both of that next year, like, yeah, there's still so many errors. And I know the goal is always a cup and you probably aren't going to get a cup if you're masking all those errors and having, you know, just not a super deep roster. I get it. But the guys still want to make the playoffs, right? Fans want them to make the playoffs. And this roster is capable of doing it if everybody performs at the highest of their ability. Now, if they get rid of Ian Clark, let's let's talk later. Let's let's see what it looks like next year. But that's that's all I'll say. Yeah, save the Ian Clark for another day. Uh, we don't need to dive into that race. We're closing out the conversation here. But yeah, like I do think the team gets younger and it gets different next year. And then a year later from that, it gets younger and it gets even more different after that. I mean, the big difference is the money that these young guys like Patterson and Hughes and, and Demko are going to be making compared to what their contracts are on right now. But the team does really start to change. It really starts to sift out the Brandon Sutters and the Louis Erickson's and the Jay Beagle. All those contracts are going to be gone in two years, right? You know, that's that's the funny thing about Jim Benning saying, like, two years is when we're going to be good. It's like, yeah, those are when all those veteran contracts you signed are up, aside from Tyler Myers. Like, that one's going to roll for a while. But that's the thing that's like, he when Benning said, that, like, we're two years away from being real competitive, is that just because you're losing all that money that you paid to the bottom six players? Because that's kind of what it feels like going into it. Yeah, man. There's, and then you see Jimmy VC, right? You see Jimmy VC, Travis Boyd get at it, and it's just... I said it on the last episode, Chris. I'm doubling down before we cut to break. If the Canucks had Jimmy VC and Travis Boyd in their lineup from opening night, they're in a playoff spot right now. Boom, cut to break. Yeah. Boom, sounds good. We will uh, exponentiate the conversation into the second half of the episode. We got a lot to talk about. Tanner Pearson, we're going to dive into that trade situation, as well as uh, the changes at 650. We'll dive into that as well. Uh, We'll see you on the other side. We'll just throw to a quick ad break here. And like I said, we'll catch you for the second half of this week's episode of the Canucks Conversation. All right, guys, before we go any further into the episode, are you a fan of simulation and hockey management games? Then be sure to check out Puck Drop, an up-and-coming game for your iPhone and iPad that puts you in the role of general manager of your favorite hockey franchise. In this mode, you guys can sign players, trade players, scout prospects, and select your team to try and build the next cup champion. A lot of fun for people that know about those simulation leagues back in the day. I don't know if anybody else was in these back in 2010, but uh, similar deal here, but now on an app. So just search for Puck Drop in the app store or visit puckdrop.app and start playing for free today so check it out or you can follow them on twitter as well at puck drop manager zephyr epic is canada's source for trading card games and sports cards they ship free anywhere in canada on orders over 50 dollars, and you can use promo code hockey season with a capital h and a capital s all one word hockey season to get five dollars off your order exclusively for canucks conversation podcast listeners be sure to join them live on twitch for epic case break openings follow them on twitter and instagram and facebook at zephyr epic z-e-p-h-y-r epic on all platforms do you ever have a long work day where you just forget to hit the liquor store on the way home and then you got no beer for your game well problem solved folks same day delivery now from the folks at parallel 49 beer that's right the p49 crew is here and available on uber eats 
all that brew directly to you with Uber Eats and Parallel 49's online store. Shop.Parallel49Brewing.com or check out more information on their Twitter and Instagram pages at Parallel49Beer. The pandemic and a slow economy are making it tough on a lot of people to find steady, good-paying work. But one industry is bucking that trend. Construction companies are hiring and need more workers than ever before. Upload your resume to icba.ca and get noticed. With more than 3,000 employees on our ICBA team, our employment network can connect you to businesses crewing up for the 2021 construction season. Trade jobs that pay well, offer excellent benefits, invest in safety training, and give a firm career foundation. Check out icba.ca slash jobs. All right, short and sweet one here for our friends at Mike's Hard Lemonade. The Blue Freeze. If you haven't tried it, folks, you need to get out and try the Mike's Hard Blue Freeze. By far, my favorite alcoholic beverage on the market right now. If you're going to just enjoy a few drinks at a game or it's a Saturday night and you got a Zoom party with some of your friends, take yourself down to the BC Liquor Store which or your local liquor store, wherever you get drinks. Pick up some Mike's Hard Blue Freeze, the best tastiest drink on the market right now and thank you very much to our sponsors as we mentioned during it you got to go out and check out zephyr epic right now folks series two boxes get on the wait list and get yourself that niels huglander rookie card that card's going for like 75 bucks right now uh, on ebay so maybe maybe you just want to pick it up yourself i don't know but it's more fun when you pull it out of a pack uh quads you want to dive into tanner pearson a little bit and just have a little bit of a discussion about his trade value and potentially what could happen with him moving forward or if the canucks want to re-sign him so uh which road do you want to go down here with tanner pearson I kind of want to look at the trade deadline as a whole because we just saw Eric Stahl, veteran forward, get traded. Again, he can still produce points. He hasn't this year because he's on Buffalo. But a third and a fifth. And keep in mind, Montreal still has a third and a fifth in that draft. Like, those were picks that they acquired that they traded, right? And it's just... That's an embarrassment of riches for a competitive team like Montreal. And, man, that is... You know, that's another tough pill to swallow for Canucks fans, I think. And the one thing I want to say is Edmonton's looking for a center right now. They're looking for a right-handed center with veteran leadership to play in their bottom six. Okay, They need a penalty killer, too. They, need they that guy do to kill need penalties. a penalty killer. Yes, they, they're looking for a guy who can kill penalties. Now, Frank Cerevalli of the DFO podcast and TSN, he was talking about how they've looked into Brandon Sutter and they want to give up a fourth round pick for this guy. If you're offered a fourth round pick for Brandon Sutter, you're taking that and running. Are you not? Yes. Yes. Because that fourth round pick just select whatever goaltender Ian Clark, if he's still under contract thinks that there is to take because he's so good at finding these late round gems, right? Like you look at what he did in Columbus, like let him help you build your prospect pipeline even further. The Canucks didn't get to select a goalie last year. We know who their big, their big target was. The same one I said was going to be the best goalie from that draft. Not a big deal, but I'm looking at this and saying like the Canucks need to be active here. Like Chris, our friends at odd shark, they're great. What would you put the over-under on trades that the Canucks make before the deadline? Like, uh, to me, I'd put it at two, and I would take the under on it. I would say they're going to make two. If I if they make two, I get push, which is great. But I, yeah. I'm saying two. I, I'm setting the over-under at two. I think the, the trade that everyone thinks was possible going into it was Tanner Pearson before the injury. 
And I think Odd Shark had him at 205, minus 205. So you would have to bet $205 to win $100 back. So I don't think it's a very, uh, or sorry, that was if he stays in Vancouver. So it's pretty yeah. good odds that he doesn't get moved um, from Odd Shark, anyways. But uh, yeah, I mean, the injury makes it so tough, right? But you mentioned it. If Brandon Sutter, the Canucks need to start throwing out, now that you see a trade go down, the Canucks really need to dive into it, right? They need to say, like, Listen, Sutter's available. Hit it to all these teams that could potentially be involved or want to get a guy with Sutter's skill set of being, you know, a third, fourth line center who can kill penalties for you. That, you know, Brandon Sutter can do that. He's going to bring a little bit of offense if he gets in the right situations. Guy's got a freaking hat trick this year. I mean, it's not like, you know, I'm not trying to like sell people on Brandon Sutter because, <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I wouldn't want to buy, but like, I hope that one team out there could use Brandon Sutter. And if that one team throws you, like you said, a fourth round pick. Hell yeah, Canucks hold on to half that salary and send him. That's exactly what happened with Eric Stahl. I mean, he, he they, the Buffalo Sabres held on to half of his salary. They retained half of it as they sent him over. I think he's only like a $1.6 million cap hit now to the Montreal Canadiens, which makes this deal possible. The Canucks are absolutely going to have to do the same with Brandon Sutter because nobody's taking Brandon Sutter for 4+. plus, right? Somebody will take a shot on Brandon Sutter at 2.18 or whatever it's going to come in at, but... Nobody is like touching him with a 10 foot pole if he's making 4.35 or whatever it's at. So, yeah, the Canucks are going to have to retain on Sutter, but I do think that it doesn't sound that out of left field to think that he could return a fourth round pick if you retain half that salary. I just, I haven't seen Jim Benning do a lot of retaining of salary over his tenure. So it makes me wonder if he's going to look into that when he does start to explore training Brandon Sutter. Honest question that we don't know the answer to that I want to float out there, Chris. Is Aquilini going to sign off on that? Like, are, are they going to be allowed to retain Sutter, or retain salary on the Sutter deal? I don't know. Man, I think they have to. I don't to. know, Chris. I, like, they, that, if that happens and, and it is the reason why, we would never know. Like, we would never know. No. We just say, it oh, the Canucks weren't able to later. It would come out years yep. later from Botch. Yeah, if Botch like, were oh. still here, Botch <laughs> would have it the next day. But instead, it's going to come out years later. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely would. But that's the thing. We'll, we'll never know. It's going to be, you know, oh, too bad the Canucks couldn't move Brandon Sutter. Jim Benning's going to come out and be like, you know, we looked around. There wasn't any suitors. That's just what we'll hear. And we'll never know. We can't assume that that was why the Canucks couldn't move Brandon Sutter. But you mentioned it. Like, it shouldn't be off the table if that's what they're going to do. So, you know, we've already seen some pennies pinched pretty hard by this organization. Um, it could be something that really hurts them in the long run now with Ian Clark and Travis Green not having contracts. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me one bit. But like I said, I don't, I don't know if we'll ever know. You know, that's a story for PJ to dig up, not us. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Okay, last thing <laughs> on the trade deadline. Well, actually, I guess there's not really much to add. Like, the Canucks are... The Canucks are going to be sellers at this point. Like, it's just a matter of who they're going to sell. And there's actually a really good article right now on CanucksArmy.com from Stefan Roguet. He wrote an article about... Jeez. Oh, what? How many How many did he get in there? 14? 14. Yeah, 14 yeah, players that the Canucks could trade. And he did their odds and what they would return. It's a really, really good read. Steph Stefan's a, like, content machine, man. He just, like... He'll, like, DM me at, like... One in the morning, and he's like a full, he has a full time job. I'm not gonna say what he does, but he he works a lot. He works some pretty grueling hours too. And he's just like, hey man, just got got you in a, a three or two thousand word article, fifteen players, blah blah blah, or like thirteen assets the Canucks could try and acquire, like thirteen players the Canucks could trade player X for. I'm like, holy smokes, okay, thank you, like this is great. And I, yeah, he he's a gem. He's he's a great great person to have on our team at Canucks Army for sure. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all we all know your favorite Stefan quads. You don't have to rub it in my freaking face right here <laughs> on the podcast. I appreciate that. He's but up no, there. I mean, yeah, I, I look at that. I mean, I look at that article and it's like, man, hell of a job. Uh, I saw that this morning by him. Um, you know, almost as good as the one I'm dropping on Saturday. But uh, I mean, yeah. good good effort by him. <laughs> no, just kidding. It's a great article. Um, is there anything else you want to dive into the trade deadline? But yeah, that, I mean, if you want to check it out, uh, I enjoyed that from, from JT Miller's trade value and the chance of him being dealt to really Brandon Sutter and Jordy Benz. Like, you know, Stefan went through all of it. So great article to check out for sure. I think that's all we're going to dive into with the trade deadline. We'll wrap things up here quickly. Just talking about, you know, a major change to the market. Um, I think the biggest story going into it and, and really coming out of the announcement from Sportsnet 650, um, that people are looking at was the return of Halford and Bruff to mornings in Sports Talk Radio in Vancouver. Um, looking at it from that point of view, um, I think it's a great thing for Sportsnet 650. Adding Halford and Bruff, like there wasn't a morning show that was doing anything similar or even close to the level that Halford and Bruff were doing at TSN 1040. Over, man, I, I can't remember. Like I, I only really started listening to Sports Talk Radio in like 2014. So I don't think I was there for for BMAC and Scotty in the morning. I wasn't really there for Donnie and, and Pratt. Like I I got a lot of a lot of bro Jake and Pratt with their show back when Sat was the producer actually on that show. Uh, Karen Serban was also involved as well. Now she's going to be back at six fifty. But man, mm-hmm. Halford and Bruff getting them back to the morning show that's a huge boost uh, to what six fifty's lineup is going to look like. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, like you mentioned, Karen Sermon too, like her, her getting a shot to host, like that's awesome. That's, that's really good to hear. Like we used to hear her and she's on, she's with Rintoul. I'm actually really excited for that duo, man. Like I I really, you know, I think Scotty was great at hosting a show alone, but I'm just like, as a general rule of thumb, I'm not a huge fan of podcasts or radio shows that are hosted by one person, you know, and granted he would go back and forth with Jamie Dodd, friend of ours, good dude. He would go back and forth with him once in a while, but for there not to be another host, it's tough. Like I, I personally just think it's it's always best to have at least two hosts. I I don't really like having three or more hosts, but I think two hosts is the sweet spot, and I'm really excited to see what uh, Karen and Scott can do together. Like that's to me, that's going to be a really really good show. And obviously, you know what you're getting in Halford and Bruff. And yeah, I also wanted to mention though, like man, it sucks to see people lose their jobs, you know? Like, Walker's not with Sportsnet anymore. Like, he's not going back to Toronto. He's he's done with Sportsnet. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's he's a media professional, and he's, like, been doing it for a while. He's good at what he does, and he's going to land on his feet for sure. So we wish all the best to him. And obviously, you know, Sabalski, everybody knows uh, his long history. He'll be fine, too. He'll keep doing the EA Sports games. And Solkowski as well. We wish uh, all three of them the best. And, yeah, they'll all land on their feet, just like the, everybody at 1040 did, right? Like, you look at 1040, yeah. like, you know, all those guys landed on their feet. and Starting it, to, yeah. yeah, they're starting to. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I think you mentioned it with uh, with Seaball, and I know he kind of joked about it. Uh, James Sabalski, I'm talking about. Like he talked about it in the conversation with uh, with PJ. <laughs> I thought it was really funny. He was saying, "I hope that uh, thank you, James, starts to trend." So like he's poking fun at it. I know that that's it's a really tough situation to lose your job, but you know, like I'm not gonna speak for for Seaball, but I feel like the EA Sports money is is very nice coming into his pocket. I don't know if he's super worried about losing the job as a radio. Unfortunately, you know, it, it's a tough spot. I'm sure he enjoyed the morning show. I only worked with him a couple times, but I just wanna just wanna speak about Walker for a second. I, I worked you know, I worked the program quite a bit in the time that I have been an op at Sports N six fifty. Walker's the A chair guy on that show when he was with Satya Shaw. So he he would run the show. He it's basically like when when you and I rotate hosting, it's basically like he was the host, right? Like we throw to break, we go to bring in the interviews, you introduce the show. Like it, it that's what he was doing, and he was the guy that I would have main communication with. 
like off the scenes and, and off the air and even on there, like everything that I've had with dealings with him through the radio station was excellent. I thought he was just an absolute professional, very nice guy, a little different than maybe his approach on Twitter uh, when you actually talk to him. And I think that's why a lot of people, you know, he rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, but man, the guy, the guy did a good job getting people talking. I'll give him that. And uh, I do think there's going to be a spot for him to talk sports somewhere else uh, down the road for sure. So we'll see what happens and where he lands. But yeah, I mean, other exciting things. I mean, like, you know, you mentioned it, Karen and Scotty. Like, Scotty's been doing a show that broadcasts in two markets by himself for months. Adding Karen Sermon to that is a is just an absolute home run. Like, an absolute home run. Karen is so good at what she does. Uh, she's been incredible and, and nice to me every time that I've been able to, you know, meet her in person. And, and you know, former guests of this show as well. Uh, super excited to see what her and Scotty work together with. I'm, I'm assuming, and I, just, I think just from the time that Karen spent at 1040, she must have crossed paths with Scotty quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm excited to see what they're able to do together. Karen's going to bring a lot of knowledge and in really every sport, you know, like she, she crushes the CFL, did a great job with TSN for them. Uh, talks hockey might talk a little bit too much Oilers for me. So I might have to like turn down the volume when, when Karen's talking too much about <laughs> Oilers, but, uh, we'll see what, we'll see if she can reel that in now that she's in the Calgary and Vancouver markets. Uh, and then obviously, uh, Bick and the boss, they're going to, they're going to roll from one to three, I believe, or one to four. Uh, I should probably have this in front of me. I should know this. I work there. Um, but then <laughs> to you're going to have, then you're going to have the three person host, the people's show, uh, with Sat and then the Reach Deep Boys. So, you know, it's, it's going to be an interesting structure to see what works, what doesn't work, what gets changed, what sticks. Like, I, I don't know if this is a permanent lineup, right? I mean, I think there's a lot of question marks going into it. I don't think they're going to mix up. Uh, I don't think Halford and Bruff are going to be getting swapped around. I really, really like the idea of Karen and Scotty together. But, uh, you know, I'm curious to see what happens with those other two shows. You know, like what's going to stick or what evolves from those two kind of premises that they're putting out there. So I'm intrigued to see it. I think it's a great move uh, by 650 in the end, though. I'm really excited to see what the daily lineup starts to feel like. And it starts as soon as Monday, man. Like they're getting right into it on Monday. So it's going to be an exciting week to get started and and hear the whole new lineup at 650 i'm excited to be a part of it yeah good time for sports fans in this market keep listening to the conversation though we love you guys <laughs> wrap this hey, up yeah, chris man. i gotta go to the gym listen all right sounds good <laughs> yeah you gotta keep listening and maybe quads will give you a snapchat uh, if you keep listening to the show <laughs> so you can see the the gym selfies uh all right we'll wrap things up here i'm excited man weekend off i'm gonna not worry about the canucks at all uh i'm not gonna write anything i got something dropping on saturday or sunday whenever you want to put that article out uh but man i'm excited for a weekend off i know you still have some editing duties to do you got to edit this podcast so if uh, if the audio is not as good as it usually is, please send your hate mail to at Quadrelli on Twitter. Uh, anything else you want to close out with quads? Like the weekend away, no hockey. Do you have any kind of nice plans? I think you mentioned golf earlier. Yeah, I'm going golfing, and that's the beauty, man, is, you know, I still have to work. I work every day with Canucks Army. I, I, I love my job. I have no... No, uh, like, it doesn't make me upset, but it's very nice to not have to actually watch a hockey game and then, like, work around timelines. Like, I have, like, things waiting for me. I can basically just do my work whenever I want. So it's fantastic. But, yeah, those are my plans. Good. I am glad you're going to enjoy your time off. Uh, I am, too. It's going to be a nice little weekend here to to reset everything, and then we'll be back for a show on Tuesday, and we'll get back with another Patreon next week for you guys as well. So, for my co-host, David Quadrelli, my name is Chris Faber, and thank you very much for tuning in to another episode of The Canucks Conversation. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.